Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Let's go to James 1, 21 through 25. James 1, 21 through 25. There it is. Thank you, media team. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, uh, filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. That's what your kids like to do, naughtiness. Amen. Let's start over. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness. Everyone say meekness. The engrafted word. The word gets engrafted into our life, which is able to save your souls. Go on to the next verse, if you would. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Who gets deceived? Our own selves when we don't do the word and we just hear it. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, look, it turned the mirror into the word right there, the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Everybody say work. Oh, God doesn't need your works. Hold on a minute. There are works of righteousness. There are works that God asks us to do from his word. It takes work to apply the word of God. This man shall be blessed in his deed. This man shall be blessed in his deed. And if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth, his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction to keep himself unspotted from the world. I want to talk to you for a little while about what the Word does for us and reflecting us, for us, our life and interchange and exchange with the Word of God when we read it we're supposed to be people of the book, amen? And when we talk about the Word of God, I want you to know that the Word of God compares itself to a mirror. That when we look into the Word of God, we see ourselves. And if we walk away and we don't keep the Word of God in our heart, we will forget who we are supposed to be, amen, in Jesus Christ. So I want to just borrow a little title from Snow White, Mirror, Mirror, amen? Let's go with that. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We love you today. We thank you for a not-so-beautiful fall day, but it's a lovely day anyways. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness, as I always pray those two things because I'm so thankful for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. What a glorious day. Well, I brought a mirror with me, and the mirror being set up, didn't work out. I'm just going to say that. Just didn't work out. So I don't have a mirror, but what I was going to tell you is when you carry the word of God around in your heart, 
it's like walking around with a mirror. And I was going to take this big, huge mirror, and I was going to walk around up front here really obnoxiously. And every time I thought a thought that wasn't from God, I would just pull the mirror up, and I would look in the Word and remind myself that I'm a child of God, that I am a child of the true and living King, amen, and that no matter what happens in my life, I have a mirror from the Word of God. And so I want you to know that while I was going to be doing that, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about identity and the fact that we have so many individuals that are lost in their understanding of who they are. They can't find themselves. They go searching in all the wrong places. They go looking in all the wrong environments, and they can't seem to know who they are. In fact, spending time in this, this imbalance and, and place of unknowledge where they just tend to seek out all the wrong places to tell them who they are, when really if we would spend time in the Word of God, amen? The Bible tells us who we are. We are people of the Word of God. We are people that are led by, directed by, infused by. Anybody want to come up with an adjective there? People that are fed by and led by the Word of God. In Acts 17 and 11, it was interesting that we find the people of Berea. This is something that's happening in the scripture here. The story here is that Paul and Silas are coming from Thessalonica. They are going on missions trips, and they are winning people to the Lord as they travel through different cities. And they leave this town called Thessalonica, and they go to a town called Berea. And the people of Berea were more receptive to the word of God than the people of Thessalonica. These were Greek people. And so what happens is there were people that were converted to Jesus Christ in the time of Paul and Silas being there. And then Timothy comes and meets them at Berea, and they have this great revival, even great notable people that were Greek people in that time period were saved. And the Bible says, and the people of Berea were more, everyone say more, open-minded than those of Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And here's what's important. They searched the scriptures day to day. Everyone say day to day. To see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth, you need to have a relationship with this word day to day. Amen? You need to spend time in this word searching out what is said either to you in, in a political realm, it was said to you over the pulpit, whatever it is, you need to search it out and you need to make sure that it's in the word. Can I tell you that if you hear something from God and it's not in the word, it's not from God. Amen? Amen, somebody. The book, the Bible, the scripture, the word of God, we call it that because it is God's anointed word. It speaks of itself as anointed. It speaks of itself in prophecy. Call it what you will. God's word is a limitless treasure, and we should seek it and dig in it every day. Amen? Two places that God puts treasure. He puts treasure in our chest, and he puts treasure in his word. You need to know that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, the treasure that's in you starts to speak to the treasure that's in the word, that Jesus Christ is the living word, and his word is alive and powerful, and every day you should seek it. Every day you should read it, and you will be informed. If you study it, you will grow, and you will be intrigued by the word of God. It applies to you with your transformation. It applies to you on your, in, in transportation to your job. It applies to you in every single thing. The word is always the best option for wisdom and for power and for anointing. Amen, somebody. 
The book we call the Bible is the compilation of 66 separate books, 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. Each book is divided into chapters, which in turn are divided further into verses. The chapter and verse number are not the original manuscript. They are the latter edition of, for the reader's benefit to understand and to break down the word of God. When referencing a particular verse, we always say the book name first and then the chapter and then of course followed by the verse the example is Romans 8:28 if i say Romans 8:28 you know what i'm saying it's the 8th cha chapter of Romans the 28th verse we understand that when we begin to look through the word of god that there has been great uh, anointing on the word of god and the word of god will just reach up and wrap its arms around you in times when you need it most have you ever just grabbed a hold of your bible and just held it to your chest in a moment of desperate need and just began to pray and seek God and thank God for the comfort. It is the thankful month. Thank God for the comfort of the word of God this month. Thank God that he has a word for you. This is his love letter. Why aren't we reading it more? If you say you love the Lord, then read his love letters. If you say that you want to know what God has for you, then read what he has for you. If you say that you care about who he is, then read about who he is in the word of God. Although we know the chapters and verse numbers came later, there's something very interesting about the numerical values of verse and chapter in the word of God. Various books seem to have some sort of reoccurring theme, like the, the, the chapter 3 and then the verse 16. Verses like that teach us and tell us they touch upon certain great subjects and themes throughout the entire Bible. Go and just seek out 316 in any chapter you want to pull up. John 316 being popular, one of the most popular pieces of scripture in the entire Bible for God so loved the world. It says to us that the love of God is real. Amen. For God so loved the world. He loved the world before they knew about him, before they cared about him. God loved you first. That's a good message. Amen. In 1 Timothy 3.16, we find, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. The oneness of God is found in 3.16. Interesting to note that 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. That means, inspiration there means God breathed. All scripture comes from God. It may have been through the pen of man, but it comes from God. Colossians 3.16, another one of these great interesting numbers. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, not just on paper, but in your heart. In other words, you need to take the text and apply it to your life and hold it in your heart because when you're walking around and you forget who you are, you can pull out the word of God and say, I know who my redeemer is. And when you feel like things are trying to die out in your life, you can say that God God is a resurrection God and he has built me and bought me and I know that he's going to raise me. Amen, somebody. The Bible is God's lasting gift to mortal man. 
The Bible itself can richly be called upon and richly be seeked after. There is so much deep riches in the word of God. You can spend an eternity searching it and we will, brothers and sisters in heaven. We will seek God in his riches, in his word for eternity for the books shall be open. There is no book burning that has ever in history been fully completed without tossing the word of God into the flames and as the fire would try to quench quench that inquenchable word of God. The incendiary voice of God continues to speak thousands of years through time, thousands of years through generations, and yet sitting in our lap tonight or on our device is a beautiful word of God, still anointed by God, still perfect in his work, still beautiful and unfettered by the world that we live in and the culture that we live in. The word of God is powerful and mighty and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even to the soul, dividing even asunder, and it pierces and separates. That's why the word of God is powerful, because it's a double-edged sword. It's able to cut away the things that we need cut away, but it's also able to do surgery in the places we need surgery. There's nothing more radical, nothing more revolutionary. I wanted to celebrate the word of God today. And I want to tell you there's nothing more beautiful than looking into the word of God and seeing yourself. Amen, somebody. If you want to keep people subject, Desmond Tutu said, if you want to keep people more subjugated, the last thing you place in their hands is a Bible. We're talking, we, we have so many cultural wars right now. We have so many races rising against races. And the one thing that we have to understand is this Bible did not do that. People do that. Racism does that. And you have to understand that racism has no place in the church. Amen, somebody. We're going to a multicultural, multi-ethnic heaven. And if you can't love your brother from the Philippines, or you can't love your brother from Africa, or you can't love your brother from, the, from Mexico or Guatemala, guess what? You won't like heaven because heaven is going to have all races, all people, all kinds, all language. Amen? That's why this word of God is so powerful, and we want to translate it into every language because everyone deserves to read the treasures that are in it. God's word is true, amen? And truth is set in the word and settled in heaven and settled in the earth. And it's also a truth that sets people free. Truth sets people free. Follow me here. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, John 1.1. The word was crucified on the cross, but before he got there, he said that I am the way, singular. I am the truth, singular. And I am the life. Jesus is not my religion. Jesus is my savior. He's the one who bought me. He's the one who purchased me. I'm gonna say that more than once today. Through the years, there has been much criticism about the, re the Bible's reliability. And I, I only want to hit this topically. I don't want to go into this very deeply, but people ask if it should be trusted. And consider this, that only the most popular books in the United States are considered to be trusted works of literary 
excellence. And the most popular book right now, still to this day, is this book. It's in more languages. It's in more uh, people's homes than any other Bible, any other book. There are more ancient works and ancient manuscripts that are represented in our language here that you have access to that support the word of God and that support itself. Now, what I'm trying to say is this. I'm trying to break this down because I don't want to go into this so heavily, but there are more ancient manuscripts that speak of the word of God and its validity than any other ancient manuscripts that are out there. We read the faithful men of old pen this book with the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Different cultural backgrounds, different levels, different ethnicity, ethnicities, different levels of leadership. David was a king. Others were uh, poor or, or migrant immigrants. There's others that were, that were just uh, minor priests and prophets. There are thousands, though, of ancient texts and Greek manuscripts for the New Testament. They're totaling over 2.6 million pages. Did you know that? There are more than 66,000 ancient manuscripts for the Old Testament alone. Those alone have been written and compiled. And add this one thing, add to this writing of the early church fathers that there is just one thing that we understand, and that is when we have Jesus, we have truth. You may not be able to understand everything in this book, but if you have Jesus and you're seeking him with a true heart to know him, you, cannot, you, won't, you don't have to know every single line and every single sentence, but you will find truth because you found Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> we add this to the writing of the early church fathers. These are the different things that I've compiled, and I just want to tell you that when C.H. Spurgeon was asked to defend the Bible, because I don't feel like I have to defend it here, it defends itself, he said, I would soon defend the Bible as I would a lion. Lions don't need defense, is what he's saying, and the Word of God doesn't need defense. If someone ever attacks you over the Word of God, don't be defensive. Just point out to them that the Word of God has its own defense. In the words of of C.H. Spurgeon, obviously, he's saying there's no need to defend the Word of God because the Bible does not need defense. It was here before we were born. Amen? It'll be here after we're gone. Unless the Lord calls us away, I believe the Word of God is everlasting. How many believe that? And it'll be here after we're gone. Critics, skeptics, and heretics can rail against it. And all they, like many others, have passed away, but the Bible still remains. Amen? The Bible still lives. The Bible says of itself, Luke 21 and 33, that God's word will abide forever. Did you know that? He actually testifies that this word, no matter how many times someone tries to get rid of this, it's going to last forever. What a beautiful day it will be to stand in God's presence and have him show us great revelation that we never saw from the word that we had in our lap today. Did you know that God's going to spend time talking to us in heaven and that we can ask him questions? And one of the questions we can ask him is, hey, what are some of the things that we don't know about the word of God? Can you share with us some things? And he'll share us great, with us great revelation because this book has power, amen, and it's eternal. I, um, 
I've had moments in my life where I didn't necessarily understand where God was taking me and what God was doing. And if I just stayed in the word of God, it removed the confusion for me. There might be all kinds of stuff going on out here, but if I stayed close to the word, he guided me and he helped me. That's, that's a good place to praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. In its creation and presentation to us, there were certain types of men like Simon Peter that wrote in 2 Peter 2 and 1. They're going to put it up for you if they have it. Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you have a love for the Word of God like I do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're developing a, word, a love for the Word of God. But in my family, we would pass down Bibles. I don't know if you have a Bible that was given to you by a family member or not, but I do. And the Bible that was given to me was given to me by, by my mother, and it was maroon. It was a nasty maroon cover. You know, it was just one of those big old King James family-sized Bibles that you threw your back out if you tried to lift it without bending your knees. You know what I'm talking about? One of those ones that you just left open on the coffee table, and hopefully to Acts 2.38, so the neighbors, when they came, they'd see this. <laughs> they'd see, that's what you got to do right there. Yeah, let's go baptize you in the bathtub. Yeah. It's, I mean, everything, everything you did was about the Word of God. And so when she handed it to me, the cover was coming off. Uh, there, was, there was, you know, places where it had, like, coffee stains in it. And what it meant was it wasn't perfect, but it was lived in. Amen? Anybody ever go to somebody's house and they're apologizing for the mess? And, and someone says, oh, don't worry about it. I'm glad to see it's lived in. I want to tell you that whenever you start having someone attack the word of God and you feel like being defensive, don't get defensive. Just say, don't mind the mess. I, it just happens that I live in it. I just happen to live in the word of God. I'd, I may not know how to give you every single scripture for everything I believe, but if you give me a minute, I can dig and I can go find it. I can go find what it is that God wants me to live. And I can tell you that just because it looks like there's some messes in my life, it doesn't mean that I haven't lived in the word of God. It doesn't mean that I haven't put this book to work in my life because this is a seed. And when I sow a seed, I may not see the tree yet, but I know God's growing something and there's going to be fruit from it even in a harsh season, even in a dry season, even when there's no fruit, are you living in the word of God? Don't ever apologize for a life that's lived in the word of God. Don't ever say, I'm sorry for the mess. I'm sorry for the things I'm going through. I'm sorry for the things that don't look like they quite match up to the word of God. I happen to be human and I'm not perfect, but you can get out the word of God and you can hold it up to your heart and you can say, but I'm living this thing the best I can. And when the day comes, when I stand before the Lord and he asks me, what have you done? I'm going to say, I live your word and he said did you live it and say oh yes I didn't live in the best neighborhood I didn't live in the best economic environment I didn't live in the, the most uncrime uh, ridden areas but I tell you what I did do every night before I went to bed I carried my Bible to my kids bedroom and I prayed over them and I read the word of God we may not be a perfect family but we're a family that lives in the word don't judge me for the mess whenever I'm living the message. Don't judge me for the mess when I'm living with a Messiah. Amen, somebody. So good to have grace. It's so good to not have to be perfect all the time. Another one of those 316s is 
2 Timothy 3.16, we hear that all scriptures given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction. How many know we need correction sometimes? How many ever been driving and doing something you shouldn't been doing and you started drifting out of the lane and all of a sudden you corrected? People aren't correcting as much anymore. So they're putting technology in cars to correct for you. I want you to know if you spend time in the word, this has an autocorrect. This is good preaching, people. If you're waiting for the good stuff, we're already there. There is an autocorrect built into the word of God. And if you drive your life on it, it will keep you in the lane you're supposed to be in. Hello, somebody in the house of God. It's inspiring. It's for correction. It's for instruction. It's powerful in its creation, the writer of Hebrews said. In 11 and 3, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Everyone said the word of God. So that all things which were seen were not made of things which are visible. Nine times in the first chapter of Genesis do we read, and God said, and God said. Why aren't we seeking what God said if he starts the book with, and God said? I'm just asking you. I'm just challenging you. That's all I'm doing. If you, if you don't like me afterwards, that's fine. You, can talk, you don't have to talk to me for six days. See you next Sunday. Each time God spoke, something was formed. Amen? Each time you get in the word and let it speak to you, something is formed in you. Do you understand that? You're being molded and shaped by God if you spend time in the word of God. I'm going to keep wagging this word until somebody gets excited about the word of God in your life. God's word creates worlds, amen. The same word also creates by sustaining that creation. When you claim the promises of God's word, hear me, powerful things happen. Romans 10 and 8, powerful things happen. Through God's word, we lay hold on the promises of God. Through his word, our faith is strengthened to claim those very promises. The promises in the word that he makes to us. That same word builds our faith so that we can claim the promises in the word. Do you understand how self-sustaining the word of God is and how it sustains us? It not only forms us, but it gives us faith to be formed. Oh, hallelujah. The Hebrew writer tells us at the onset of the word of God, it's not merely paper and ink. But in our day, we understand and see God through Jesus Christ. And that word was made flesh. And John said this. He said, Jesus is the word made flesh in 114. And the writer, the written word leads us to Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. The written word. Everyone say written word. Leads us to Jesus Christ, the living word. Everyone say living word. Try to wrap your mind around that for a second. This word is written that leads us to the living word. And when this is not enough, you can go to your knees and get a word from the living one. When you can't find it here, you can ask God for wisdom and he'll lead you back to his word. Both of them work together in your life. Both of them are synced together. The written word and the living word are synced 
together. So when you pray and it's not in the word, you didn't hear from the Lord. But when you pray and you find it in the word, oh, you ought to dance, you ought to shout, you ought to thank God because you're leveraging two times what anybody else has ever had. If all they had was the word and they didn't have the Holy Ghost speaking to them and living through them and having Jesus Christ, the living word in them, they only had the book. But now we have the book and the blessing of the Holy Ghost inside of us. We have the written word and the living word in our hearts. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The entire physical and spiritual universe is carried by the word of God. And you wonder why we come here on Sunday and crack this book open and get excited. I don't know about you, but my foot cannot stay still. When I start to get a revelation, I get so excited that my knees want to move. When we lift our hands and we sing words on the screen that come from the word of God, I know I'm singing the word of God back to the word who wrote and the word who lives and the one who empowers me every day. And the Son, who is my radiant light and Savior, the expression of the glory of God in written word, that is the powerful God that I serve. It's powerful in creation, and it's powerful in conquest. Everyone say powerful in conquest. The word of God in Jeremiah is called the hammer. How do you like that? bring in the hammer today. <laughs> I don't know. This just comes out every once in a while. He's a, he's a consuming fire. The word is a consuming fire, Jeremiah 23 and 29. It's a sword. I already hit Ephesians 6. It's the rock and foundation you can stand upon in Matthew 7 and 24. I'm so grateful that when everything's shaking in our world, I never have to worry about my foundation. I never have to worry about getting to 50 or 60 and going, I had everything wrong. Because all I have to do is go search the word. And when I find the foundational truths of the word, I just put my feet on them and say, this is where I need to stand. You go ahead and move wherever you want. You let culture blow you wherever you want. You go ahead and do whatever you feel like doing. It's going to bite someday. But guess what? While you're out there living up life and calling it fun, I'm going to be standing here on the word of God, looking forward to the joy of my salvation and the living and the salvation of this moment. In God, what if we could lay down fun to pursue joy of the Lord? The world is chasing fun, but I'm chasing the joy of the Lord. That's what Jesus was after, who the joy set before him. Joy is always out in front of you, but when you get there, there's nothing like it. There's no fun like a fulfilled joy of the Lord. Amen, somebody. When your kids live for God, there's a joy in it. When your parents and your grandparents gather around at a home and you all know that there is only one God and his name is Jesus, there is a joy in knowing the truth together. There is a joy in it. The Bible is powerful. It convicts us of our sin. Acts 2.37, it regenerates us, 1 Peter 1. Aren't you glad we have a refreshing? The Bible says the in, outward man perishes day by day. Look in the mirror. That aloe vera is not going to keep you from them wrinkles. No matter what you do, stretch it, pull it, resize it, whatever you got to do. I don't know if they brought the graphic I asked them to throw up. Do you have that graphic, Seth? 
No, you don't? All right, that's okay. I sent it out in text message. It probably wouldn't be big enough to fit on the screen anyways, but it's a little chick, like not a chick like a woman. I don't mean that. I mean like a, like a chicken, like a baby chick, standing next to a rubber duck, and the caption above it says, I can't believe you got plastic surgery. <laughs> God gives us prevailing faith from his word. Is this okay today? God cleanses us from his word. God edifies us in his word. He equips us for service from his word. If, if you want to serve the Lord, better be in the house of God. It equips you for service, amen? In 2 Timothy, it tells us that. It makes us fruitful believers. How many want to do more than just go through all the seasons of your life and not be fruitful? We want to be fruitful. You want benefit. You want blessing, amen? Be in the word because it gives you fruit, amen, somebody? It strengthens us in Isaiah 40, 29 and 31. It gives us wisdom, provides assurance of eternal life. It brings peace to our heart. Are you getting the word today? Are you feeling the word's power today? It gives us patience and comforts us and gives us hope. If you have no comfort, if you're overcome with anxiety, it's because you moved your mental framework. You've moved your mental model to something that's not from the word of God. Anxiety in our culture is produced because every frame that we've ever had from the word of God has been broken. That's why we're seeing so many people on drugs right now and on prescription drugs for anxiety and for depression. It's because we don't have a a mental model that works anymore and we have to understand that if we get back to the model of the word of God that fear has to surrender to that great love that comes from God fear has no place where perfect love is in fact scripture says that perfect love casts out all what amen I'm so glad I'm in a church that knows the word I'm so glad I'm, in a, I'm here celebrating today with the people that know the word. Amen. That's a good thing to celebrate. It protects us from error and sin. Have you ever believed something and then about three years later you realized it was a lie? I mean, you can't even, you can't even take the media straight anymore. It's just like, I don't know if that's true or not. And then like two weeks later you find out that wasn't even it. It just... I, I, I'll be honest with you. If you're here and you're connected to me on social media, I'm off. I'll be honest with you. For this whole month of Thanksgiving, I'm off social media. So if you need to get a hold of me, uh, find me at home in the Word. <laughs> because this you can trust. Amen? There is still a word of truth. There is still, I know everybody thinks truth is relative, but the word truth itself and the definition of the word truth means that when you say there's truth, there is untruth. You cannot have it one way or the other. Either you have to move the, remove the word truth from the definitions, from the Webster's Dictionary, or you have to understand that there are some things that are true and always will be true. And there are some things that are false and will always be false. And I want to live the truth. In fact, the Bible says that that treasure in our chest we are talking about when we get filled with God's spirit is a spirit of truth. And that's why when someone lies to you, it bugs the snot out of you. Because the spirit that's inside of you says, that's not right. That's not true. Have you ever been watching something or listened to something and the spirit of the Lord rises up inside of you and says, don't believe that. That's error. That's because it's the word of God made flesh, poured out on the day of Pentecost in your heart and in your soul by the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the word shows up, he speaks.
That's why we get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Because when the word comes, it comes and it speaks and it keeps speaking and it keeps speaking. Have you ever been in a moment where you didn't know what to do and you didn't know what to say and you felt God flood your car or flood your home and you just began speaking in an unknown language or in an unknown tongue and you feel the power of God rise up in you. Guess what that is? That's the word speaking. That's the word keeping you from error. That's the word encouraging you not to sin. God's word can conquest. Amen, somebody. I'm so glad God said it, and I'm so glad that settled it. 3,800 times in the word of God, the Bible says God said. That's enough for me. How about you? Stand with me. I've yelled myself to death today. I'm so excited about the word because he says so many great things in the word. He says that God is one. How many know that? How many know he's the self-existing one? He doesn't need anybody to exist. He doesn't need our praise, but he sure likes it when we do praise him. Amen? In fact, the angels praise him. And if you know anything about angels, they have a job to do. And if God's going to charge his angels over us, then we need to release them from the throne for the job that they're doing because they will not stop doing their job in heaven until we take up praise on the earth. So when we take up praise on the earth, it releases angels to go and do and war and help us. God can say, okay, someone else is praising me. Go ahead and take care of that situation for Carla. Go ahead and take, that, take care of that situation on Tom Battersby's birthday this week. Go ahead. Oh, see, you can't even. I, I should have stopped already because now I'm, I'm meddling. Yes, uh, unlimited power is from the word. Amen. Unlimited knowledge. We can transcend above everything through the word. Amen. How many times have you seen God move when you just took a scripture and looked into it and said, mirror, mirror, in the word? Tell me about what I am and who I am. I promise you that the word of God will help you. It restores and it renews. I, I'm, I'm just allowing it to alter me is my part. Everything I've preached to you up to this point is his part. That's what his word does for us. But allowing it to change me and doing the application process, that's my part. How many made an appointment with God last week after I preached? Did anybody make an appointment with God? Amen. How many heard from God? There's power in the word of God. There's power in spending time with the Lord. I want to encourage you to let this message fall upon good ground today in your heart and let it settle in. And when you don't feel like yourself, open the word of God and say, mirror, mirror, <laughs> word of God. When we reflect on the word of God, this is my whole message right here. When we reflect on the word of God, when we open it and we read it, when we reflect on the word of God, we begin to reflect the word of God. When we live the word, people notice. And so I'm praying today, every head bowed in this place, I want to close with this. If it's written, I want it. Amen, somebody. If it's written, I want it in my life. Man shall not live by bread alone, I know that, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And I want God to speak to somebody right now. We're making this an altar call. We're coming together. 
We're going to lift the Word of God up in our hearts. And we're going to lift the Word of God up in our life. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, that word there, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that, that word there in the Greek is rhema. In another place, Jesus said, the word or rhema is the word right there that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. I'm praying for somebody in this room right now whose spirit has tried to shrivel up, whose spirit is desperately needing a drink from heaven's fountain. Lord God, would you speak a rhema to them? Would you speak a word to somebody in this place right now? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I, I just need to know, Lord God, that your spirit and your life is going to speak today. Because when we read the word of God, you speak to us. A phrase, a Bible story, something. We take that physical word and we trust it. It's the written word of God. We read the Logos of God. That's the other, the other word for word in scripture. And he speaks, so he speaks a rhema, a word into our personal heart. And when he does that, it changes us forever. I'm asking God to make a place in you right now where you fall in love with God's word deeper than you've ever been in love with it before. That it becomes more than just a book with a cover, but it becomes something that sustains you. I pray that prayer over every heart here, that the word of God, their Bible in another room will call to them, that there's be something that, that reaches out to them and that they'll find themselves in your word and they become, Lord Jesus, a person who walks with the mirror of the word with them all day. And that when they're wondering who they are and what they need to do, they'll just open the word of God and look in the mirror and remind themselves, that's right. I'm a woman of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a child of God. I have power and authority in heaven through the name of Jesus. Remind them, Lord God, that you roar and that you are powerful and you are the lion of Judah and they are heirs. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost, that you pick somebody up where they are right now and you help them to understand that if they walk with you long enough, that there will be a spirit of a roar that rises up inside of them and they will begin to say, not today, devil, not any day, devil, not my children, not my family, not my home, not my finances. Everything in my life is going to be wrapped by the word of God. I pray it over somebody right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. May we be people who mirror the word. And may the mirror of the word change us, I pray, and remind us who we are. In Jesus' name. If you have your Bible or you have a piece of electronics that you look your Bible with, would you bring it to the altar today? Would you just set it on the altar and would you ask God to help you fall in love with that book? I don't know if you have a physical Bible with you. I know many of us have it on electronics. Then get a scripture out on your Bible app and just lay it on the altar here. I wonder if someone could come down and just lay their Bible and just kneel in front of it and say, we're not worshiping the Bible, the cover of the book. We're worshiping the Jesus who wrote the book. We're worshiping the God who gives the word. We're asking right now that, that somehow God would help us. 
So many of you are doing it. Thank you. Look at you go. Look at you love the word. Put a psalm on your app and set it in front of you. Put, put something from the word of God on your app and just lay before the Lord for a minute and thank him for the truth of his word. Thank him for the power of his word. Just, just ask him, Lord, help me to look into the mirror of your word and remember who I am in you. Don't let me forget who I am on Tuesday. Don't let me forget who I am in an argument with an employee or with another supervisor on Wednesday. Don't let me forget that I am a child of God and it's more important to have this word, to reflect this word in my life than it is to have any other gain. It's more important to live out this word than to pursue things of greed, to pursue anything that's not of you, God. Help me to fall in love with your word in Jesus' name.